You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your boy, Wade Peary, back in action. I have dusted the microphone off, ladies and gents. I have found another former Ohio Bobcat football player by the name of Rudy Sylvan, who was an absolutely devastating blocker for the Ohio Bobcats. And funny, funny stat about Rudy Sylvan, ladies and gents. I found this in your, uh, I don't want to say it's like the Wikipedia page, but it's like the American football fan base, like database. Rudy Sylvan, your first three catches in 2004 all went for touchdowns, my man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. But, yeah, I did. And if you know that team, you know we didn't pass a lot. So it's not like we got a lot of opportunities, um, especially as a blocking tight end to catch. But, yeah, I remember the first one was against VMI. That was my first game with uh, – I'm pretty sure that was my first game. Yeah. Yeah, you had a you had a twenty five yarder against VMI, an eight yarder against Buffalo, and then a seventeen yard TD catch against Marshall. I thought that was a really impressive oh, yeah. stat that I I found out about you. I was pretty blown away by that. Actually, I was like, gosh, I, I like completely forgot about that. But that's a that's a really cool stat, Rudy. Honestly, that you you cannot say that about a lot of tight ends. Honestly, I can't remember the last tight end that ever had like three straight touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like his first yeah. three catches were all three TDs. So and, uh, I don't know if you remember that Marshall game one was nice too, because it really put us right in the, um, back in the fight to co- try to come back and win that game. Were you, did you watch that game? Wayne? Was, was Marshall, um, you remember when Marshall had Jonathan Goddard, Rudy God, that guy, that you talk about one of the most amazing football players I've ever seen, Rudy. Jonathan Goddard, yeah. the DN that they had. Oh, that was the DN. He man, he beat us. He, uh, he had a p- interception for a touchdown that game. I think, dude, that guy was legit. I mean, <laughs> I will go down as one of the best football players I've ever seen in my life, Rudy. I mean, any position yeah. to me. I feel like he's kind of forgotten about, you know, because he played for Marshall, but God, I mean, everyone wants to talk about Randy Moss, but I mean, and and obviously Randy deserves all the hype attention. I get it. I get it. Like the guy is hall of famer, but my God, Jonathan Goddard was just something else. I remember coming away from that game, just being like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was an animal. He was. I think we were running a screenplay and he just, he he snipped it out and picked it off and ran it back for a touchdown. I I never seen. I'm pretty it. sure that game. I never seen a DN <laughs> make a house call like that, bro. I was like, whoa, like what just yeah. happened? Like, I think uh, one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen a DN make, and like, I'll remember this one forever too. But you remember um, Melvin Ingram at South Carolina? Melvin Ingram, there was, I'll have to send this to you like once we're done, but dude, Melvin Ingram takes a fake punt, Rudy. I'm not even kidding. Fake punt. He catches it out of the backfield. Sweep. 
down the down the left sideline. House call, Rudy. Seventy five yards for a for a D end. Like it was it was a called play, bro. It was not like uh, you know, like <laughs> this is like a busted play. They were like, no, Melvin Ingram is like such a freak. He's such a freak in nature that we're going to let him take the ball 75 yards. I mean, dude, Melvin Ingram, God, that guy, he's still making plays in the NFL. I mean, uh, man, I, I, I loved him so much coming out of college. He was an absolute force of nature. One of the big things I always, I always get to talk to, um, guys about in the podcast, Rudy is, um, I like talking to them about their moments of flow, you know, and uh, moments that you were in the flow state, you know, where everything just kind of clicked. I mean, was there ever a moment where you just blocked a guy and you're like, man, I smoked that guy and it like felt perfect or like it was like the perfect pass where like everything was like moving in slow motion. Yeah. I do like one moment that really sticks out in my head and I thought about this because I've heard you ask the other guys is um it was at champ the the Mac championship game and it was like against Central Michigan. I think yeah, it was like fourth and short and it was we were still like in the you know, we were still in the um in the game at the time. And I think we ran like a power and just we ran that thing and it was like like you said, just kinda like everything was slow motion. I was just moving the guy like however I wanted. And I felt like almost like everybody, because that pulling guard came through and I just see them light someone up behind me, right? Calvin needed maybe like, it was short, I think maybe two yards or something, but it was like a fourth down and went for it, either fourth down or third down. Right. But yeah, I remember that play was like 46 power, which was like one of our biggest plays we liked to run at the time because, uh, me and Dave Shelby and the other tackle, man, we used to just blow DNs up. But I remember that play just coming down on the DN and just wiping them out. <laughs> In the you Central know. Michigan game. Yeah, yeah. Just coming down, like, smashing them, you know? And everything was just, like, it felt like it ran perfectly. That's funny, man. You know, um, what about what was one of your uh, favorite games? You know, I, I saw you posted a couple of the clips of the Northern Illinois game. I think that was the game. That was a classic game. I think was that the same oh, game yeah. where Garrett Wolf exploded? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. I think that was yeah, a game was where like, Garrett Wolf and Calvin they both went nuts that game. That was a yeah. wild like. But stats in that game were Austin, wild. For anybody to go crazy, Austin Everson did because he. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he passed for like almost 300 yards that game. Yeah, you're we were just going back and forth. Like we're not, we weren't <laughs> one of those high scoring teams where we're gonna air it out right. We'll like control it on the run, score here and there. But like our defense was just so good, they would just you know they would just shut people out and you know. But that game, um, our offense was just going crazy. We usually don't pass like that. You no, know? Calvin will always. He'd always do really good, always have a lot of yards, you know, but that game was um awesome did really good that game. Yeah, that was that was a classic game, man. And Garrett Wolf, he went he went on to have a pretty good pro career too. I mean, he was Yeah. He was something he else. For the Bears. 
What's up? Did he play for the? Did he get? Um, he played for the Bears. I think you're right. I, I think he played for the Chargers remember, a little bit too. Uh, I feel like he bounced around a little bit, but man, he yeah. was like a little. He was like a little baby Darren Sproles. Oh, yeah. Darren Sproles is one of my all-time favorites. But God, yeah. Garrett Wolf. I, I want to say he ran for over like didn't he go for over nineteen hundred yards one year? I mean he he put up a ton of yards. I'm probably yeah. messing up his stats because I I don't have him off the top of my head. But I mean he was he was something exceptional. Who were some of the best players that uh, you saw on other teams, Rudy? Um, during your time at Ohio? Ooh, that's hard. Uh, right, because it's been so long. It's hard to remember people's names. Though. Yeah, you know, I got a couple. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple for you. Josh Cribbs was... Oh, oh yeah. I'm glad he, we, I remember him his sophomore year. He's playing quarterback, and he ran my sophomore year. Yeah. His senior year, and he ran for 200 and threw for 200. Dude. I just remember him. They had like that turf field, like that. I think it might have been that older turf field. And I just remember him like just doing our defense wrong, man. <laughs> like, like, he would like, drop it back and just, if he didn't have nothing, man, he, he broke like five of our defensive players' ankles and just all cutting up all over the field. Dude, funny story for you about Josh Cribbs when he was at Kent and he was playing against us. Somehow, I got talked into holding like the audio dish, you know, for like the radio play-by-play guys. Somehow I was holding the audio like dish that game. And that was a cold game, Rudy. And my hands, like I get, I get crazy (laughs) cold, bro. Like I'm telling you, like I, I have really bad circulation in my hands. So like yeah. that game, dude, I was freezing, but I was like, dude, I I I, I can lie. I was like, I've like watching Josh Cribbs. I was like, this dude is ridiculous. He did like a front flip. I remember he did like it was like something out of any given Sunday, dude. He did like a full like front flip into the end zone, dude. And he remember he landed on his back. I'll never forget it. He lied there like motionless on the field for like five minutes. I was like, this dude is like a superhero. Like he was he was good. Yeah, he was incredible, man. Josh Cripps, he's definitely to this day one of the best athletes I've ever gotten to watch him. He went on in the NFL and had a he had a decent career. Oh God, he was an incredible kicker. He was he was a great kicker. Yeah, that kick kick return. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he'll do good. Josh, like guys, it's hard to last in that space. So, like, you know, either be like these great kick returners, punt returners in the NFL for maybe like one or two years, and then you kind of like don't hear from them as much. Kind of like it was, it's rough, you know, it's rough kick returner, punt returner in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Josh Cribbs, he was. It's going to be really sad. You know, I feel like the NFL is just edging like ever slowly towards eliminating the kickoff. It's going to make me really sad as like a lover of like a lot of great kick returns. And, you know, I know it's dangerous and things like that, you know, and they're they're trying to limit that. But I mean, to me, it's like, you know, you're altering the game so much to where it's, it's not even really football anymore. You know, like the, the kick and the punt, like that's, 
I mean, I get it. Like it's dangerous, you know, but that's, that's part of the like beauty of the game, you know? Um, but Josh Cripps, he was, he was something else, man. Talk to me a little bit about your, uh, recruitment process, Rudy. I I know you went to Solano, Solano junior college. And um, I saw your high school stats, dude. I, so you put up 115 total tackles, dude, as a senior for Vanden High School. Yeah. Um, just walk me through your uh, your high school, like the end of your high school career, and just kind of like yeah. what what JUCO was like for you, you know? Because JUCO, you know, not a lot of people get to really see JUCO. I mean, we know Alvin Kamara went to JUCO, Cam Newton, you know, but there's a lot of guys, you know, Juco, um, we don't really get to, uh, hear a lot about Juco. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, my recruitment process, it was, I mean, it was a little different cause well, I was getting like heavily recruited as a, a junior. I played defensive end. Right. Um, Pete Carroll even came down to like his high school myself, himself to like talk to me. But and then um, my junior basketball season. Wow, you, got, you you talked to Pete Carroll, Rudy. What was that like? He was he talked to my coaches. They came and told me. Oh, um, so, Pete Carroll was in the office because I didn't even know who he was. I didn't know anything about like college or like I honestly remember I was getting letters from USC and they sent me like this. this I I remember saying this. They sent me a, a like a a program, right? right? And USC is a theater school, and like on the front it says like theater school, and so I think I had a picture of like John Wayne or something, right? Because um, he went there, and I like I like tossed it out. Like I'm like, why would I want to go to a theater school? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I knew and, that like nothing about like college, and, you know. And your and your coach <laughs> and your coaches were like, uh, Pete Carroll came to see you, and they're like, yeah. and you're like, uh. Who's that, dude? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know. That's hysterical, know. dude. That's so right. funny. That's great. That's a great story, <laughs> man. I like that. I mean, I didn't even get to play till I was a freshman in high school, just because of the um, weight limits out here. So I didn't really know. I didn't know anything about football going into my freshman year. But I, I was getting like heavily these, especially like West Coast schools, like San Jose State, Fresno State. And then, but then my junior, I played basketball too. And uh, about halfway through the season, I tore my ACL. So like um, after that, I I decided that uh, I went to a different school. Actually, my senior season, the coach was telling me how like he guarantees I get a D one. He had, had their school was good too. They had just all five of their offensive linemen had went to um, a D one. One of um, but one of them was my friend Paris Hodges. He ended up going to LSU, and um, that's how he got to like talking to me. So I ended up like going to this different high school and played my senior season, and um, I did pretty decent. But like, it wasn't like these kids now. They tell you their age still going to be back in like five months. You know, <laughs> like the type of tra- training and recovery they do. So I think. Well, I toured in basketball season, so it was maybe like eight, nine months later before football season started. Right. And I was just like, I should not have even played. You right. know, like, when I remember my first practice, like, getting out there and trying to cut and run, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it just felt so different. 
I probably should have rehab. But. Yeah, you know they they, <laughs> they say with ACL with ACL tear. I mean, it, it depends on the position, but they they say usually it it takes more than a year, you know, for like full recovery. But yeah, guys I'm like Adrian guys, Adrian Peterson is just yeah, Adrian <laughs> Peterson just a freak of nature. I mean, the, the, there's yeah. no. He did it in like what six? It was like six months. So something absurd, and yeah. the the timeline for did probably though during that time, you know. The timeline for guys did. now is like crazy quick, you know, with oh, yeah. how how short it is. I mean, I think they they inject don't they inject like uh, red blood cells and stuff? I mean, they have like all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's it's wild yeah. the amount of. Uh, advanced treatment that they have you know i was surprised you know honestly with joe burrow last year in the Bengals, i was like you know i was like hey i i told my buddies before the season i'm like this dude like he's about to be put on a spine board like he's gonna he's not gonna make it out alive like to me i was like if i was joe burrow i would have said you know what i'm gonna sit until you guys get o-line like you guys can play whatever backup but I'm not playing behind that O-line. And, I mean, he survived, right? I mean, 70, yeah. 70 sacks, but, my God, he barely survived. I mean, he twisted his knee up really bad in that Super Bowl. And and they got the pieces now, but I tell you what, man, they just skinned by. I mean, you talk about the gamble that just barely, you know, with – and I love Jamar Chase, and they're going to be an incredible combo together, but – Trying to do what the Bengals did is is not advised because it, odds are your quarterback's going to end up like Andrew Luck and it's going to be early retirement. Yeah, he did. He did good though, for especially for only his second year and coming back off of that injury. Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you did you ever get to watch uh, Joe Burrow at Ohio, Rudy? I may have ran into him, but I I remember his dad for sure. Like, well, yeah, uh, yeah, but um, I don't I don't honestly remember. You know, I <laughs> probably wa- more defensive guys because you know his dad was a defensive coordinator, so maybe the defensive guys maybe seen him. You know, more, uh, he he came. There was one day where he had a game in Peden Stadium, and I'll never yeah. forget it because uh, Jimmy was having one of the film guys film him. And, and, uh, we were on top of the stadium and, and he was like in sixth grade or something, you know, but I wanted to watch him just see what he was like. I was like, this kid's form is like really, really good. I mean, I I could tell then, you know, that he was going to be really good, but anyone that would have said, you know, this guy's going to be Heisman trophy winner. And, and as good as he's turned out, you know, (laughs) you're kind of out of your mind because I mean, his season at LSU, he had that really, really bad year at LSU. You know, remember when he he got hit really, really hard in that bowl game, remember? And then it was like a blindside block. And God, the next year, I've never seen a prospect have such a such a dramatic turnaround, you know. But that kid, I will tell you one thing, that that guy is one of the toughest toughest players I've ever seen in my life. And he's also incredibly mentally tough. You know, he worries about the stuff that really matters. You know, a lot of guys, they worry about a lot of outside stuff, but 
he's focused on the right things. And, um, I mean, I, I definitely think he's going to be a hall of famer once he's done. He and I mean, Jamar chase, dude, that guy's, he's one of the best receivers I've ever watched in my lifetime. God, watching them in LSU, that was one of my all-time favorite football teams to watch. When they when they went on that national title run, I mean, that was something else. Let's talk about, I want to hear about your time in the pros, Rudy. I want to hear about, um, tell me about some of the some of the most amazing things you saw when you were with the Detroit Lions. And, and I mean, first, just kind of walk, walk me through like the process of, you know, becoming an undrafted free agent, how that, how that process played out for you. And, yeah. uh, just talk to me about a lot of your different experiences with the Detroit Lions, man. I, I like hearing about the behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, I had a good time. Um, it was, um, it was, you know, it was just fun playing football at that level. And I wanted to do it since for so long and then finally accomplishing it. But yeah, coming like, um, the Lions like almost drafted me. Um, they called me in the seventh round and they were like, well, we're trying to decide between you and this corner. We'll let you know shortly. Like, and then they called me back, I don't know, probably like 10 minutes later. And, um, told me they had decided on the um, corner. I think his name was like Ramsey Robinson. So um, they were, they were going to draft him, but they wanted to sign me like ASAP. I had like my contract before the draft was even over during there, and maybe like shortly after um, ended up signing with them. But um, it was nice coming into that. Like um, Dan Campbell was a tight end at the time. Right, and that guy. Oh wow! So you played with there. you played with Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah, that guy was so smart. It, I think it was towards the end of his career. He had just come off of a tricep tear, and actually like tore it again. I think, um, I think the second game, or maybe in the first. I think it was the second game. I can't remember. Right, but um, yeah, that guy's like you know, just like he was so smart. Like <laughs> one of the smartest people I'm football people I've met, you know. So you think that, is that a big reason why he's such a good coach for the Lions? Oh, man, I thought he was going to be a great coach. He's a, yeah, I think he's going to be good. Once they just, they need some more pieces down there. But I think he'll be a great coach. Yeah, I really like Dan Campbell a lot. He's he's good. He was like hurt helping me out. Like, he didn't even have to do that. I'm like, I'm trying to take his spot, you know what I mean? Like, but he was a good dude. Super smart. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. You got to play with Dan Campbell. I didn't know about that. Tell me about your experiences with uh, the freak of nature that is Ernie Sims. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I've, I've been hitting college and um, I've been hitting pros, but once I've got Ernie Sims, oh my God. All, honestly, all the linebackers, I was, those guys are so strong and fast. I think Boss Bailey was at the t- on the team too. It was like him, Boss Bailey, and that guy, Terrace Hodge, play, all played linebacker. But uh, we used to do, like, you know, inside run, where it's just the linemen, the D linemen, and the linebackers. Right. Right? And the fullbacks hated it because the linebackers just had – they just shoot their gaps. They don't have to play a run at all. So the, the starting fullback used to make me play fullback. <laughs> <laughs> and – it was 
was a big guy. They, I forgot his name. They had just moved him from D-tackle just like randomly one day and had him playing fullback. But, man, that dude, he, man, he, he hit so hard, it, like, really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, it really hurt. Like, yeah, I was like, that guy, that guy's just freaking nature. So, one time uh, I just... So Ernie well, Ernie Sims, would you say that was the hardest any guys ever hit you in your career, uh, Rudy? Yeah, probably. Honestly, yeah. But <laughs> even like Boss Bailey, he was older, and I didn't. I didn't. He kind of was like a little. I think he was just maybe thinner than Ernie. But I was. I remember being happy because he was. I I knew I was going to have to go up against him. And he just knocked the snot out of me, too, though. Like, I mean, I wasn't just getting blown up. Like, you know, I was in there holding my own, but just the collision. <laughs> just the collision hurt. I'm like, dang. Uh, Boss Bailey, God, he was another really good one, man. And like I told yeah. you, Ernie Sims, great. I will never forget the name Ernie Sims. He was, I mean, he was one of the top-rated linebackers in the country coming out of high school. I'm almost certain he was, like, number one. I, Cause I followed, uh, you know, Tom Lemming is, he was always like a big, uh, recruiting analyst. He still is. And mm-hmm. Tom Lemming, I remember, I, I feel like I remember him like talking to Ernie Sims or talking about him. I don't know why, but yeah. anyways, I remember like him and Kevin Jones were like kind of going back and forth about who was like number one in the country coming out. Of high school. There you go. That, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they probably were. Like, a lot of these guys, I mean, they're, you know, they're superstars. A lot of these guys have these crazy high school careers. It's it's pretty cool to get get to, like, witness that and everything. Because Ernie Sims, like I said, in uh, there was the Florida State-Virginia game back in, I think it was 2005. 2005. FSU had a quarterback by the name of Wyatt Sexton, who the guy doesn't even, he never even played football after that. He... He had some some issues. Anyways, Ernie Sims had more Tomahawks awarded in that Virginia-Florida State game than any other Florida State player in history. I mean, it was it was just a ridiculous performance. Yeah. I mean, he was tackling everything in sight. I was like, this guy is absurd. I mean, he was just absurdly fast and absurdly strong. Didn't you say you were telling me how? Um, what did you say? Like he was uh, lifting in the weight room. Oh yeah, I he I just walked in one day and um, I just like seen him walking by. I walked by the door of the weight room and I just see him, dude. He was just it had to be like five or six plates on each side, just like repping squats out like it was nothing. Like <laughs> <laughs> like looking, but that guy has the biggest legs i had ever seen <laughs> i swear like that guy's i mean he's he's not even that big of a guy i think he's like 230 yeah 240 maybe but that guy's legs were just uh, were just huge <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> he was always a freaking nature man that's pretty cool you got to be around him what about tell me your i want to hear more stories about calvin johnson rudy i mean I, I got to hear a little bit about him from uh, Ryan Broyles. I, I'd like to yeah. hear uh, any any stories you have to share about Calvin. The the now now he's in the Hall of Fame. So uh, let's let's hear about Calvin Johnson. Just he was a freaking nature. Like is I mean he's just like so much taller. Like he's about 
I think he's like six six, right? But just like his legs and just like that dude, like he, if you just watch him run by himself, he won't look fast. But then like when you, we see him on film, like lined up next to people and he's just like outrunning these dudes that we know are fast. Like you know what I mean? That stride. That guy was that guy was just crazy, dude. But Calvin, like, man, I don't really have that many stories about Calvin. He's so just uh he's like a quiet at least, you know, we were way younger. I think we were probably he was probably twenty two maybe, but he was just like super quiet, nice dude. Like just super focused, but you know, like but yeah, that guy he was just crazy. Just making these these catches, dude. Their his hands are like so big too. Just catch the uh, ball so easily. Yeah, you know, crazy story about Calvin Johnson was um, I remember how many injuries he battled through, you know, his yeah. Lions career. And one of the things I heard after he was done was that he, he was playing, he was taking Vicodin like during games. I'm like, I, I can't say I'm surprised. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't blame the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even yeah. care. Like there, there might be some people that are like mad about that. It's like, to me, it's like, you know what, if it doesn't affect how you play and that's what you need to like get through the game. I mean, that guy battled through so many injuries. I mean, he gave the football, yeah. he gave the game of football so much, you know? And, and to this day, I mean, I hope the Lions eventually mend that fence. You know, uh, it's it's just to me, it's like when you have like a Hall of Fame player, and and it's a little fight over two million dollars, or is it something small? I don't even know if that's a specific amount, but it's something that's just yeah, no, peanuts. I mean, you're right. I, I was just reading about that the other day. It's it's it's, it's peanuts right. for for yeah. for what they you know. You got to treat your players, your iconic players that he gave them so many years, you know, and not only that, he battled through so many injuries and just bad yeah. seasons. You know what I mean? I mean, the Lions, I will always like love the Lions. You know, I got that poster of Herman Moore, Brett Perryman, uh, Barry Sanders. Did you ever get to meet Barry Sanders, Rudy? No, I, I, I don't. I, he hadn't come down the um he never really came down the facilities so i never got to meet him yeah uh he's he's my all-time favorite running back for sure so yeah barry they have a hall of fame tight end i think too who's the hall of hall of fame tight end the uh that plays for detroit you know you know one of my favorite lines um he well he played for the lines a little bit uh night train lane you ever watch night train lane no, dude. <laughs> Night Nitrain <laughs> Lane. Oh God, yeah. Nitrain Lane was a animal, dude. I think he had like double digit interceptions in like one season. I mean, he was Nitrain Lane was insane, and he played on some other teams. But as a Lions fan, mm -hmm. I, I kind of like to claim him. But his <laughs> his highlights are like, I mean, they're, they're way way back. I mean, like before I was even born, dude. Um, crazy, crazy fact about you, Rudy, you were born exactly one, uh, one year, right. One year and one month right after me. Uh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> My birthday's on November 23rd and, and yours is on December 23rd. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Um, nice little fun fact. Talk to me about John Kidna, Rudy. Uh, John Kidna, I've always said that he's one of the more underrated Lions players in, uh, and just a, just an NFL player that was just a really, really good quarterback. I think that doesn't really get the recognition that he deserves. I want to say that his son is a really good quarterback now. I'd have to double check that. I might be wrong, but yeah. uh, John Kitten, man, he could really spin it. I know he he threw for over 4,000 yards um, a yeah. couple of times. He was just a, uh, I don't even, I, I can't really compare him to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's it's hard for me to really compare uh, John had, I think he had a more, John Kitten had a more, um, like especially when it was like the Cowboys, he had a really good career. Like yeah. consecutive couple of good careers. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, I don't know. The John Kidna, man, he was good. Imagine going from catching Austin Everson to John Kidna. Like, <laughs> I remember my first ball I caught. I was like, Woo! I was like damn, this is how hard they throw over here. I'm like, okay. You get <laughs> so it was so like <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a funny one, man. Like, so like, what was what was like the the jump up? You know, like when you're like when you step out like on the pro field, like they, the kid is like throwing you balls. You're like Jesus, yeah. like and this is like he's really he's really humming these things in here. Yeah, for real. And we had they had some. Um, I don't know if you remember J.T. O'Sullivan. He was a backup. He was like second string, and then. Um, the guy now, he's like an analyst on ESPN. I can't remember. He played that year. They went 0-17. He was like the starting quarterback that year. He was third string. Were you were you on the team when they went 0-17, Rudy? No. <laughs> I was on the team the year before. Thank God, Rudy. Thank right. God. So we, did pretty, they did, we did pretty good the first half of the season. And then we just like, I don't know, just started losing, man. The whole of the second half, like. They had some good players, though. But by that that team that went also, I've seen they had lost a lot of people, though. Like, they didn't have Roy Williams no, anymore. Uh, they had switched offensive coordinators. Oh, I can't think of offensive. You know, Mike didn't Mark. didn't you have you had Mike Martz, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. Mike Martz is a Mark's great coach. Playbook, his playbook though is ridiculous. <laughs> Like is I even I'm like I'm just coming from college, so I'm like what? But even veterans would be like, man, this is crazy. Going in preseason with like a couple hundred plays, like <laughs> they got offensive. But yeah, man, he was a he was a great coach too. Especially that was like that's when I really started watching football. Is when the uh, the Rams were going on the run, they won a couple of Super Bowls with them. Like that team was so good. Oh yeah, dude. With uh With Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, yeah. uh Azir Akeem. Akeem. Yeah. God, that those guys who what was it? The the fastest show on grass or some or fastest yeah. show on turf, something like that. I was so yeah. I was so pissed, Rudy, when they when they beat the Titans. I wanted the Titans to win that game so bad. <laughs> That was one of the best Super That was one of the best Super Bowls ever. And I love Steve McNair, dude. Uh that guy was yeah. one of my all time I mean, I got a lot of <laughs> all time favorites. You remember but, the uh, tight end that played at the time? His name was like Brandon Malinalu, I think. Uh for the Lions? No, for the, the Rams that when they were um, shoot when, when 
No, you know what? I can't. I can't remember the tight end. That's a. That's. I didn't a, think it looked like that. <laughs> I, I feel like the tight end is like the forgotten guy on that team because yeah. everyone he always. He was walking been... too, but yeah, he was a bigger dude too, and like that was one thing with um that uh, Mike Marks is like he liked like big blocking tight end. He used to like he he they were, my tight end coach would tell me that tight end coach was Pat Carter. Right. He played for a while for like but yeah, he used to like his name is Brandon Malinalu, man. He was good. He was a big dude too, weighed like over three hundred pounds and could move. So Mike Mars's playbook was like crazy. You know, one thing I've oh, always I, I've always wondered, Rudy, and I, I don't know if it's possible and I'd be interested to hear your philosophy on this. From my perspective, I've heard a lot of the like play calls, like in the pros, and it's like they say like dagger, alpha, delta, tango, spider, banana. Like it's like it's like thirty words. Like I mean, how, how the hell are you ever gonna remember that? You know what I mean? Like, coach, can't we just say like number seventeen? Like you know what I mean? Like. Uh, do you, in your in your like humble opinion, do you think there is a way to simplify the terminology of those plays to where they're easier to, to digest? I mean, that's an honest like question. I think they make it way too complicated. Some of them are like, but it matters team to team, you know, like what type of playbook they're running. Because some of the teams they run like simpler plays that. But like so, like when you get those complicated playbooks, like my marches was, man, they get super long, and I'm just like, it took me a minute, right? You probably just had to do nothing but study, like, I'm like, oh, how, how, how long? Like, how how long were you studying your playbook before you finally felt comfortable with it? Um, um I'll say like. It took like almost whole all the preseason, right? That's, and that's um, that's like four or five weeks, right? But it it, it was way bigger than I was used to anything like <laughs> I had seen before. But some of these guys, do they be so smart, man? I swear, like I guess it's like a language. That's what they would tell me when you learn to read it. But um, Mike, a guy like Mike Fury. Right, he would like know the playbook so good he'd only hear like half the play and then already know what the whole thing is. Yeah, I, he would run out after he heard half the play and he ran out to where he was going. That's wild, man. And I, I'm over there struggling, like, oh, <laughs> not sure yet. Like, but it, after like when I got to start a game actually against the Buccaneers, by then for sure I was like 100% comfortable. Yeah. Talk to me, talk to me about the feeling of coming out of the tunnel, Rudy, as like an NFL player. I mean, I know it was only one game, but still, like you got to understand, like me as a kid, oh, it, yeah. it's every, it is every American male, like dream to, to, to run through the tunnel, like of, a, of an NFL yeah. team. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I remember one time I. I dreamed that I was in the NBA, Rudy, and like I had like the best dream ever. I was on the bench. I didn't even play, Rudy, and I was still like, <laughs> that was the greatest dream ever. Like I didn't even play. Like I was just like, this yeah. is awesome. I'm like in the NBA. I mean, uh, tell yeah. me, tell me about the feeling of uh, coming out of the tunnel for the Detroit Lions. Oh man, it was. Um, I was just super excited, you know, like. 
I mean, I know you could just imagine, you know, and the, you know, like I love even coming out of the podcast, like I, I loved it, like the marching one ten playing, but just like Detroit, they like announce your name and you run out, and there's just like it was crazy, man. It was crazy. I did like, and I just found out like right before we were about to play, like I think after you know we do like um, you go out there and do your warm-ups and stuff, then you come back in for a little bit, and then you come out to play. Like, my coach had just told me, he's like, hey, when they announced um, the starters, you're going to come out of the tunnel. Like, and I was like, look at him, like, because it was um, there was another tight end playing at the time, too. And first, we were kind of splitting the reps because um, Sean McHugh had just got hurt. So we were just, like, battling. But then I ended up, like, coming out, I guess, a little on top, right? And um, I think they released them that day, actually. And um, I can't remember honestly. It's t- <laughs> it's a like, long time ago. You know, it's they right. might have released them like, and then um, they tried to want to. You know, sometimes they release people and they resign them on Monday or whenever. But I can't. Um, but yeah, man. You know, I was just like, I was super, just super excited, man. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Did you did you uh save your jersey like do you have like that Lions jersey uh framed and everything, Rudy? Man, no. <laughs> man, I would have I, I would have framed that shit, Rudy. I would have I would have framed oh, that. God, I would have had that just a gold oh, frame. And I think they used to buy, used to be able to like buy your own jersey if you wanted to. It was like only like fifty dollars. Yeah. And I kept meaning to do it and never got around to it. And I'm just like, dang it. Dude, I mean, it's so hey, long ago. You, like, you <laughs> can get one from the NFL team shop, but I, I mean, they should made. they should honestly <laughs> send you one. I mean, really. I mean, those teams and, and the owners, you know, the the Lions. I mean, I, I wish <laughs> the Lions uh, have just been a dysfunctional organization for so long. But I, I would be cool, though, uh, if they – sent you a free jersey i mean to me i yeah. feel like it's a minor request for a for a player really uh yeah you know. it's been so long i'm like who would i even call it yeah. Like, yeah i could just google the number you know but i probably could like because i'm still part of like the nflpa and you could like little perks <clears throat> and stuff and and I mean, you could always, uh, you could always get it made you know you can get a custom made authentic jersey uh rudy oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I love the authentic jerseys, man. The authentics are great. You know, I, I got like an my uh brother-in-law got me an authentic, like a, a new school Lions uh Barry Sanders jersey. I have a Barry Sanders like Oki State uh jersey, Rudy. You ever seen that one? No, no. Dude, we had <laughs> Rudy, one time we went we went to this jersey party at, at OU and I remember uh, me and like three or four of my buddies, I literally gave each of them like one of my jerseys. And they were like, oh, I wore my Herman Moore jersey, Uptown Athens, everyone. They were like six foot four Herman Moore. Like I was like, everybody loves Herman Moore. Like this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun, dude. That was That was a great night because my buddies, like, they weren't even sports fans, you know, but like, since they were wearing like the Barry Sanders shirts, everyone was like, oh my gosh. Of course, of course, it used to be fun, man. Yeah. 
Wild sometimes. <laughs> it, it was, man. You know, go down to Court Street on Halloween. Oh yeah. gosh, I, I I used to hate Halloween in Athens. I really did. You know, that was one of the most <laughs> notorious. I never went though, but I used to just hear about it. And you I know, it, it one time it was like standing room only thing. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, really, <laughs> you were always better just having like a party at your friend's place, like mm-hmm. you know where it was smaller. And, like, that way, like, you didn't have to, like, fight through the crowd. I don't know, man. Like, I don't mind crowds at, like, sporting yeah. events. But it, when it comes to, like, like just a mob of people and it was hard to get any food <laughs> or anything to eat, it was just, I was just like, what's the point of this? You know, <laughs> this is people, stupid. People come from all over, too. Yeah. Like- and, and that's what Athens is famous for, but. I I never really liked Halloween. I mean, I think all the costumes and stuff were pretty funny, but I don't know, man. I I always just I picked a spot and just stayed there because I knew <laughs> that uptown yeah. Athens would just be a mob. Um, speaking of mobs, Rudy, it's kind of leads me to the um. Tell me about the Ohio uh, pit game when Tyler Balco, Calvin had some great words about uh, Dion telling him he basically knew that Tyler Palco, like he basically he he knew when Tyler Palco was going to throw that ball on the two step and he jumped it yeah. the whole way. So uh, yeah. tell me about your experience with the Ohio Pittsburgh game. I mean that all the fireworks and everything that was just uh, an electric atmosphere. Was crazy. Yeah, it was just crazy. And like that game was mostly defense. I don't, I actually don't remember doing much offense because it was just shutting them out. And Dion, like it's crazy. He got he had two touchdowns. He very, basically beat them by himself. Like, I know he did, with, man. With, with he no, did with no help. <laughs> I know, dude. Dion was need a blocker. He just picked it off. He was because the game was seventeen to fourteen, right? We kicked the field goal, or sometime in between. But both touchdowns were his. Oh yeah, dude. Dion, <laughs> Dion was something else, man. That's and I think the game before he had like picked off a pitch and took it to the house too. Yeah, I don't remember who we were playing, but. That guy was that. That game was. I mean, he was a good player, though. I think I mean, it was, was uh North game, Northwestern. Though. Was it Northwestern? I don't know. I'm I'm blanking yeah. on the team name, but Dion, yeah, he was incredible, man. Wasn't he first team All America? He was either first team or second team, but yeah, he so, I, something like that. I do remember that. Yeah, he had a crazy, crazy good year, but that that game was just crazy, like right because we don't like OU it's it's different at OU now like they have a lot of bigger games and they're more known right we weren't really known and that game was like on ESPN oh that was that was so cool you know we didn't even really have that good of a season that year I think maybe we were like three and seven or something I can't remember remember Tony Ward Tony Ward and then uh we had Todd Koenig yeah yeah but um, that I mean, game, that, that game was, was just so. was his first game, but that game was crazy. Like, and and Pitt was coming off of like a, I don't, I'm, I think they might have played in like a BCS Bowl the year before or something like that. But, but. Yeah, I just remember like Tyler Palco. I remember after that game, Dave Wanstead and Tyler Palco were like blaming each other in the media, and I was just laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. just iconic because. 
Polko, I remember he was a little bit overrated coming out of high school. I feel like I, I don't know what it was. I, I didn't like about his tape. There was there was something, something about him. I forget. I I can't really state it specifically. I, I can't really remember it, but I just remember like he and Dave Wanstead, like they they really got into it like <laughs> after that game because it was <laughs> That was, you know, when Dion picked off that pass, man, like I was in the end zone. I've never seen an end zone clear. Like the end zone, the student section was running on the field before he crossed the line. Like I would love to look at the tape and see how far the student section was on the field before Dion had officially crossed that line. But that was one of the coolest memories at Ohio, honestly, because I loved how the players, the players like formed a tunnel like on the field, and and like we were just hanging out with the players. It's like this is like the coolest thing ever. Like uh, that was great. And I don't know. It just it kind of makes you feel like a little kid again. You know, like you just get the the the, the euphoria of a of a big win like that for Ohio. I remember the fireworks were going off. You, you didn't get yeah. cell phone service that night. I remember it was like the whole city it just like shut down. Yeah. Yeah, was, that, yeah, this I remember I I do remember like kind of like couches being burnt. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were there were like, multiple I was at home like what? Like, <laughs> like I just thought it was crazy I'm like like, it was all fun and stuff at the game, but, like, I, after I was just like, these people are acting crazy. Yeah, the couch is getting <laughs> lit on fire. I was just like, my God. I think that was on Palmer Street or something, but it was it was just nuts. What an atmosphere. I mean, it was rocking. I, I thought it was interesting how Calvin described it, how, like, it was empty, you know, at first, and then he, he you guys came back out, and you're like, whoa, like, electric atmosphere. I feel like they passed out thunder sticks or something for that game, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. I do remember that too. And you know, they banned they banned thunder sticks like a couple years after. Did you know that? Like, I feel like Uh -uh. I forget when they banned them because I I I don't know, man. Like, I feel like people were like getting annoyed with it. But I remember that was one of the like debuts of thunder sticks, dude. And it was like. And that was under the lights, just electric atmosphere. There's yeah. something about football when it's played at night, there is an electricity that is in the air that's like it's unlike anything else. I, I can't yeah. even I can't even really explain it and why, but it but it's and just the, like the crowd was packed that, that um, game. Yeah. Was, yeah, that at was at least it sounded like it was uh, it was there was a lot of people there. I think that was like the biggest biggest crowd in Pete in history. It's definitely up there. I mean, uh it's gotta be top five for sure. But the the storming of the field and then the the, the fireworks. And the funny thing was <laughs> I didn't even realize they had like fireworks, like ready to go. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. were planning for the upset. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, that was, yeah, that was a great game. Man. I mean, we had some good big wins. Um, well, I was there. We beat Kentucky. I think my sophomore year. We beat Illinois my senior year. But that there was no other game like that though. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I remember coming home from beating Kentucky, and I swear it was late, but the the um 
the dorms had like a fire drill or something and everybody's outside and we, we could get to the dorms and everyone's just like clapping like yeah <laughs> we're like oh yeah yeah dude when we beat kentucky that was a big deal i feel like scott mail went crazy that game he had like oh, a yeah. he had a really good game that game i i, I remember him taking a slant to the house too. yeah a little court short slant Got up the middle of the field. That guy, he was crazy fast. Yeah, he was fast. He was a track phenom too. He was, yeah. he was a pretty ridiculous athlete. You know, Scott. He he never said much. You know, I never really remember him saying too much. But God, he was an <laughs> exceptional, exceptional athlete. Yeah, yeah. I even we we played against him in preseason. I think it was Buffalo, and. One of our corners were pressing him, and I, I was standing like right there too. And I'm like, that dude's fast. He better not miss. And he missed, and Scott was out. Scott, he did. The quarterback didn't see him, but Scott was like on a stage all by himself down for a touchdown. Yeah, he was. Scott Mail was crazy fast, man. He was a. Wasn't he a punt returner too? Yeah. He well, did. Like when I first got there, do you remember Snake? I don't know. I can't remember his real name though. But he Stafford played. Stafford Owens. Yeah, Stafford Owens. Yeah, right. He was like doing. We had some good time returning. So when I was there, at first we had Stafford, and he was good. Like, but um, and then I think Scott did came, and then um, oh man, he was like a preseason and all. Of, I he had a great like freshman year. Do you remember the punt returner in two thousand six, Chris Gary? Oh, dude, Chris Garrett. Do I remember Chris Garrett? I remember the first time that guy touched the ball. I was like, I, I told, I remember I walked up to him after that practice. I was like, dude, I was like, the coaches need to give you the ball more. He's like, I agree with you. I'm like, yeah, dude. Well, when he got there, like, you, you're not giving the ball anyone more than than Calvin. They're yeah, yeah. I, the ball yeah, the I, I know. Yeah, I know. But God, Chris Garrett was such an athlete. I mean, he they was... They would try to use him, though. They try to... I remember put it in plays and then just put him in positions just try to get him the ball. But, I mean, that guy, he, he was... He went crazy on um, return that year. Like, yeah. That was quick, though. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> I, I was not surprised in the slightest when Chris Garrett when he had a great career in the CFL, I mean, I was like, you know, he was yeah. just, God, he yeah, was him, ridiculously him and, uh, fast. Chip, do you remember Chip? He played Chip Cox? In the CFL. Yeah. Yeah. He played a long time. I vaguely, vaguely remember Chip Cox. He was kind of before my time, but I know he, he set some weight room records. I know that. Yeah, he was a freak, too. I swear, he had like a 42-inch vertical, just like was just cleaning the house like for especially for his size. He was just a freak though. But yeah. I know he went out I think he might even win some awards while he was in the Canadian football league too. He like, did, he definitely year or something. He set a ton of records. I remember yeah. walking into our weight room and it was like Chip Cox, Chip Cox like his name was all over the place. Speaking of OU weight rooms records, Rudy, what about your uh what was the weight room record that you set? Wasn't it the jerk, Rudy, or like clean? Uh, well, yeah, I, I set the clean and jerk record. I know someone broke that, though. Right. It was 355. God, right? That's and still, that's a lot of weight, so dude. Of, like, you go to Ohio State and they do their cleans and they, they use um, those grips. They wrap around the bar. 
like, and they just be, they and they clean a lot because Santa was like he was not having that, so we just had to like use like those Olympic grips too. It was mm-hmm. a lot though, but I I feel like I could have did more. Like, but he was not he he would not let us use those. But yeah, the clean it was clean and jerk, and that was three fifty five. And then I we used to, they don't do it anymore though, but they should just do the jerk as a max out. Right, and that was four oh five. Jesus, but, dude. And that's for yeah. like triceps, right? The jerk, um, well, it kind of works your core. It works almost your whole body though, because you just you kind of like hold it. It's hard to explain, but you know, like, and then you just press it above your head, like. But I, it works, yeah. That's nuts, dude. Four hundred pounds. That's that's a yeah. lot of weight. But dude. even my pro day, I've I benched two twenty five, thirty three times. Whoa! Whoa! Holy cow! That's a lot, dude. That's why I was I was hoping I would get drafted because the numbers. I I, I figured you were gonna get some looks, man. Like I knew you were like a crazy strong. Like I, you were like you were like the Incredible Hulk, man. I was like, it's like as strong as Rudy is, he's bound to get some looks. And uh, I just I remember like I I feel like you posted your pictures of like you in your Lions uniform like years ago. And I, yeah. I didn't get to follow you that much. I forget what I was doing. Maybe, maybe when you were on the lines was when I was in China. But yeah. I just remember. Um, I I remember. I wasn't surprised that you eventually made it on a team because I was like, you were crazy strong. God, that's crazy. You did two twenty five thirty three times. Yeah. Jesus. I know. I, I see. Like some linemen didn't even put that up at the combine. That's that's a lot, dude. That, that's a yeah. high number. That would be like a record. Uh, no, I, I was like two eighty five. Yeah, that's which is a, that's a, a bigger tight end, but yeah, you you definitely were on the bigger side, but still, that's that's an impressive yeah. amount of weight, dude. That's a lot. <laughs> I've never <laughs> bench press for me. I think I could do like the bar and like. Two twenties on the like uh, a a twenty on each side, Rudy. Like it's, I can barely, I can barely, I can barely do my weight, Rudy. Like I mean, <laughs> I haven't benched in the gym. No. I, I need to. I, I need to. It's hard when you're older, man. I bet I haven't went in so long. Yeah. <laughs> That's I so used to go funny. Perks and work out like, but and then I'll be like, oh, I need to, I need to go to work now and got my kids. So I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you get so sore, you know. After once you start getting back into working out, you know, you get get really sore for like a yeah. week. You know, when you were younger, you used to just be able to like just get back into it and just. It, it, no, now, now I've. Man, I remember being so sore though, like during camp. That was the sorest I probably ever felt. Like during camp, the legs be so tired. Now, um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be, I'll be sore for days after like a one workout. <laughs> yeah, during seven years old. <laughs> during is was that during like fall camp for NFL or college? I think NFL was probably way harder. I mean, I don't know, man. Like summer workouts, and we used to have like winter workouts in college. We had to be there like at five in the morning or something. Those were, um, 
those were pretty rough. But I just remember from fall camp from running so much, like during, because like I was like on the bottom of the roster, right? But I'd still got snaps with the starters sometimes or the second team. So I'd have to like run the um, scout team for the defense and then turn right around and have to run like some reps with the second string. But I mean, it was good because I know a lot of people got to fight for reps sometimes and it's really hard to get some reps. But, right. Man, and then just being a private, especially being a private squad player, like then you're running, then you're running special teams, and then like you're just constantly running for like the whole practice. My legs were just so tired during camp. (laughs) It was, it was crazy, right? Because in college, you like build up to it. Like you start, you have like, you, um, you, you start with no pads usually, and then you, put just helmets and then you kind of build up to it put it on the full pads and maybe like the next next week or something but like in Detroit like suit the first day can't you just like full on full pads for straight up hitting and yeah. my body was hurting then you gotta play preseason games it's like four games already and then you're just like well then I feel like I was in way better shape you just like I, I don't know dude if you're playing like the NFL, you just have to constantly run when you're in the offseason. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of the crazy things about, you know, and the interesting thing about NFL and the, the coaches is how some of them have like a lot different, um, what should I say, uh, philosophies on like contact practices. What's your, what's your thoughts on like, um, you know, uh, coaches not like on should they should they have as little contact as possible throughout the season to keep everyone fresh or should they have like a, a couple of days of full pads what's your uh, philosophy on that I'd be curious to hear I, I think like you just need to maybe you could just taper it off as the season goes on because the season just feels so long yeah you know like I don't but you I would, man, back, you know, they've changed the uh, rules now. So, but back then you have like those two full pad of practices for weeks every single day. Jesus. <laughs> like, and then it's just, it's, dude, it was, it, you take a beating. God, that's, that's so stupid. I can't believe they would let them yeah. have two practices in one day. That's, it's changed now though, huh? Yeah, they've, 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 they've changed all the rules. I, I think they're, smarter although yeah. i know they did have a lot of injuries a couple of years ago and they were thinking that that was that was kind of part of it but i tend mm-hmm. i tend to think that i think the most important thing i think we learned during covid i feel like like that ramp up period for players you know during the preseason yeah. to really get them in good condition like yeah. i i think they that ramp up period is like one of the most important periods in football because we had so many players. There were there were like what was it like six ACL tears on like the first. I think it was like the first weekend of uh, I don't know. It was either the first or second, you know. And it was because yeah. like a lot of guys. I mean, it was just like it it was too much, too quick, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta. That's the, the only way you could work out hard and you could come in in great shape, but. It's going to take you, you know, like at least a week before you're like, 
it just hits, you know what I mean? Just hit it full contact hitting like that. It takes you a while to kind of like build up. I don't know if it's like you build up your muscles, but you know, like you could, I mean, these guys do crazy workouts now though, but I feel like you need to, you need to um, get in those pads and, 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 and play for, you know, practice for a while before, but the rules have changed, but they like that's my first year is when that they first added those OTAs. Mm-hmm. Like that was brand new, but um, that was like, and it sucked because I missed that whole thing too. I missed the whole OTAs because uh, even though I had um, left Ohio, I like um, the, the rules where you couldn't start practicing <clears throat> until your school was out, right? So you're like your school's year. I don't. It's I changed a lot since then, though. But I even spoke whole OTAs and was at home, and it was it's hard to work out like that, man. You know, to like get to, especially get like I didn't have like a trainer or anything at the time, so I like had to do it myself and go to the gym. Came back in for um, mini camp, man. So like probably like two weeks to get in like football shape like that. Right. Um. Like, and, yeah. I'm curious, Rudy. You know, with um. What are your thoughts on NIL, you know, in college football today? I mean, that that has been like a huge, uh, mm-hmm. massive, massive uh, changer of, you know, the collegiate athletics landscape. I'd like to hear your thoughts on NIL, and I'd also like to hear your thoughts on the uh, transfer portal. Oh, man, the transfer portal. I can't like I had to like read up on it exactly. I remember a couple months ago, like I would just because I'm not a big football like sport. I won't watch a bunch of games, but I'll watch mostly like ESPN and you know like sports shows here and there. But like that that thing is crazy, bro. Like the way they just. But I guess I mean you know, I guess it gives people more opportunity to get exposure, but. When I, back in my day, like you couldn't just transfer like that. You know what I mean? Like, right? <laughs> it 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 wasn't easy. These guys just like as soon as they lose their job, now they're just like, oh, I'm out of here, bro. Like going to whichever you know, whichever major schools. I'm gonna start at quarterback, and <clears throat> but it because it, imagine like back in the day, like oh man, who's the, who's the running back? I'm trying to think of. Reggie Bush? Uh, no, not Reggie Bush. He was like a really great college running back. And then he, he played, oh, Priest? Priest right? Holmes? Priest Holmes? Yeah. And like in college, his backup was, was do you remember his back, the backup college running back that played with him? Was it Larry Johnson? I that was, so. I think Larry Johnson played with him yeah. in the pros. I, I'm he not really. Got to, well, Priest Holmes, like backup college back. College running back never got a chance to replay because Priest Holmes was just a beast, right? Like mm-hmm. even when he got to NFL for a while, he did great. But so, but he kind of he ended up making it, and just like he was, he ended up being a dog too. So I can understand why guys, you know, what I mean, if you got talent like that, but then someone started, you're like, man, yeah. <laughs> I want, I'm trying to play like they, they're the same grade as you, right? I, I need to play. <laughs> so, I definitely you know, there's definitely like two sides of the coin. I I think it's good for players, you know, with like their, their talent so they don't get buried on the depth chart. But I also think yeah. that 
I think that um, a lot of these guys, I think sometimes battling through adversity on the depth chart, you know, and kind of waiting your turn. I think that kind of builds like a, a lot of mental toughness. And not only that, it helps to build like a lot of teams. It's like, it's really hard to develop like chemistry, you know, like you see that with uh, Kentucky, you know, this year in basketball, you know, I mean, I mean, they went down early in, in the tournament and I mean, this isn't really, you know, saying that their chemistry wasn't that good. But I mean, just think about it, man. Like you got like all new guys every year. I mean, think of how hard that is to like get those guys to click for one year. You know, it's the chemistry that you can develop over like several years. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to, hard to beat that. And you you can't really put a price on that. And I I think a lot of guys overlook that um, when they decide to transfer um, it, yeah, they're just you know it's just a business decision though. Yeah, those guys are trying to do best. I mean, they could probably you're right, you know, but like they're just like they want to get, especially if they're like well more more well known and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean you know, like if you're like a imagine someone like you're behind Patrick Mahomes, you guys like are freshmen together or like the same year. In college, and you're just like, man, I'll never get hate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Like a really, really good. You're still a top tier quarterback. And and, you know, Joe Burrow is like a shining example of you know the the positive sides of the transfer portal. You know, I mean, look at him. He he was he was buried on the depth chart at Ohio State and goes to LSU, Heisman Trophy winner, national championship, number one draft pick. I mean, Joe Burrow's story is just. It's pretty wild, man. I don't want to say it's a Disney movie, but <laughs> man, to, to his his turnaround in the in the scouting process. I remember Mel Kiper. I think Mel Kiper had him as like a sixth round pick going into his Heisman year, you know, because no nobody saw that coming, you know. And I mean, I, I yeah. guess everyone in LSU did because he was crushing it in practice and everything, but. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. to me, it takes you a minute, like you know, I mean, what he he did like okay his junior year, but then like once you learn the playbook more, you get more comfortable for that second year. Yeah, but man, I, I, there's never been a QB with his kind of jump. Although, I will say Josh Allen, Josh Allen has made a crazy jump in the pros. I I really never saw josh allen making the leap that that he has in the pros because you know he he had a he had a lot of problems like with completion percentage you know dating back to college and even his juco days you know but crazy josh allen man he he's improved and i mean he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league i am uh just amazed i'm really blown away by how far josh allen has come yeah you know that leads me to another question. Um, I'm curious, speaking of top quarterbacks in the league, Rudy, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. And you can just uh, so let me let me know your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. I, I have mine, but uh, I'll let you go first. I want to hear what you have to say about it. What, just like uh, everything he had going on, or just um, like just I'd really process? just really just like to hear about you know what are your thoughts on you know Deshaun Watson and just proper punishment for him as far as you know 
football wise, you know? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, that's hard subject to, um, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. They'll probably give us some type of punishment, but I'm not sure what I would do. Cause I mean, that's, it's, a, it was, that's, it's crazy. Like everything that he had going on and, but, you know, the NFL will do something probably, but I'm not even sure what what to think about it, man. <laughs> right. Well, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on Deshaun. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are, you know, really upset and everything that he's getting another chance to play football and, and this and that. I mean, to me, I am from the firm belief, you know, Deshaun Watson is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever, I will ever get to watch in my life. As a diehard football fan, I want to watch him play. Um, You know, and not only that, one thing that a lot of people don't talk about with Deshaun Watson is he, he came from a remarkably rough upbringing. I mean, he had to work four jobs when he was younger. His mom had... Uh, stage five tongue cancer. She had to have her tongue removed. Like she can't, she can't talk, you know, and, and Deshaun doesn't have a dad, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, in the media, the media, Deshaun is going to have to really, you know, lock in, you know, with, with the Browns, you know, and really just focus and then not worry about any sort of outside noise because he's going to have to, understand that he's going to get criticism from all angles. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's never, it's never going to be good enough for some people. You just, he's going to need to just accept that and just do what he can uh, on the football field. And just, you know, I clearly stay out of trouble off the field, but I I think he's, I think he's learned his lesson. I think they'll probably suspend him. I'm going to go ahead and guess four games. Uh, because that's what Roethlisberger got. But, you know, I just, to me, people are just so reluctant. Like, to me, it's like, okay, well, what's the alternative if we're not going to give Deshaun Watson, you know, a, a chance to do what he was born to do? You know what I mean? Like, he has a one in a trillion talent. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks we'll ever get to witness. And to me, you know, it would it would be so sad that you know, with his cases and everything, there there's a lot of really gray area. I'm not really defending him, but you know, it 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 it's not like really cut and dry. You know, it, it's it's really just it's complicated. You know, and to me, like people are so reluctant and just quick to get on their high horse. You know, I to me. Yeah. I think he should get the chance for redemption because America is a place of second chances. And a lot of guys have gotten that over the years in football. And, uh, you know, are we just supposed to say, oh, Deshaun, you can't play football anymore because of your, like, situations that you have like hey they they have before though i mean yeah i I mean they've got a lot i feel like ever since like the pac-man jones incident that kind of they've got, like guys used to get away with a lot back in the day right i mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it it definitely but, depends it 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 definitely depends on the player you know and, and deshaun yeah. watson's talent his undeniable talent i mean he's worth 
let's be real here, Rudy. He's worth over $500 million. I mean, he, he could very well make that, you know, over the span of the next, you know, I mean, let's see, what's he 26 now? Let's say he pulls a Tom Brady and goes till like 40 years old. I mean, he could very well yeah. make like $500 million, pro- probably even more. I mean, what did he get? $230 million guaranteed with the Browns? I mean, to yeah. me, a, a lot of people, a lot of people were like upset that they were giving him that much money. To me, uh, he's worth every penny. I mean, he is just, I remember following him coming out of high school and he is just the talent that I always knew uh, he could be. I mean, when they beat Alabama in the uh-huh. national championship, that was, I, I didn't cry, but I was, I was so excited. I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, awesome to see, you know, that, that play by Hunter Renfro, it was like a pick play. <laughs> I remember Saban got so upset. He got so upset <laughs> during that game, but uh, that was a, that was an incredible game. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's just, just God-given yeah. talent. I mean, he's he's an incredible talent, and he's had to he's had to learn some real, real painful lessons. And I I think that he's his agent did a really good job with you know his base salary is only going to be a million dollars this next year because that way the NFL can't take a lot of money out of his paycheck. So. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you get suspended, you don't you don't get paid for those weeks that you're suspended for it too. Right, that's crazy. I, and that's I'm crazy. a I, I'm a, I'm a believer in you know redemption, and and I think that a lot of people are gonna you know for, forgive and forget. You know, he, if if he starts winning, if I mean if he's out there winning, then then yeah, yeah well, forgive, I, it, but let, I, let I don't think like, that bust. I don't think that's gonna be a problem with Deshaun Rudy. I mean, I got I got Deshaun's Super Bowl ticket punched. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm ready. For him you to take the, with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's got Nick Chubb. He's got a great O line. Yeah, oh, they're good, no, yeah, yeah, but they good. they they have had a really rough history. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be a Browns. What's that? Just like I think when you think about the Browns, just because I mean, I lived in California and moved to Hollywood, Ohio, but man, back then I think when we were in college, probably like oh four or five and stuff, they were just like they've been terrible for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 Browns have a horrible history, but I mean, can yeah, you imagine? They are going to treat Deshaun Watson like the second coming of Michael Jordan if he wins them a Super Bowl title. You oh, know, if the Browns win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio would go crazy because even when I lived out there, they were like, I would hear people like, "Oh, we don't have our professional teams at Ohio State." <laughs> I'm like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, because the 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 Cleveland Browns. I mean, the 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 fan base is so fanatical, and you know what LeBron did with the Cavs. I mean that that was incredible. That that was incredible too. But I I think that their fan base. I mean, they will love him forever. And uh, I I think all things considered, even considering Deshaun's really rough upbringing you know did everyone forgets warwick dunn gave him a house when he was like a little kid i i mean he had a really rough he never had a dad you know so all the people in the media really really ripping him to pieces and everything i mean 
there's two sides yeah. to every story here. I'm just saying, like, Guy had a really rough upbringing, and uh, all things considered, he he turned out pretty well. I mean, I, even like the, with the, um, you know, with I don't know how to say it. I don't want just with everything that um, the the women have said, but it's just is you know nobody really ever know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're you're right, Rudy. I think it's all it's it's was not okay, but like you just never know. It's all gonna be between him and the women. You know what I mean? Like no one's ever really gonna know. You know, you can you can try and think it up all you know you want, but it's really gonna you know he's really the only one that's going to, you know, know what happened. And that's, that's how that stuff is. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's a couple of interesting theories with the Deshaun Watson case, Rudy, was that, um, I heard that Mike Florio said that Deshaun Watson's lawyers, when it came to settle, when it came to settle that case, like long time ago, Deshaun Watson and his lawyers wanted a lower price number on the settlement. I think they came in at like a hundred grand or something. And anyways, they wanted to lower the number. I don't, I can't, I'm not sure if that number's, uh, I can't say that for certain that that's the number, but anyways, uh, Watson and his lawyers wanted a lower price number and that really upset the prosecutor, I think his name's Tony Busby, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, that really made him upset. And he went back and found, you know, er- everything, you know, under the sun, you know, it really, mm-hmm. really made him angry. So that was a misstep, I think by Sean Watson's legal team, but you know, I, I'm not a lawyer. Um, you know, and one thing that I have an interesting theory behind Deshaun Watson, and it sounds really messed up, but here's the thing with Deshaun Watson that not a lot of people really not going to see it a lot in mainstream media, but you know, the big thing with Deshaun Watson is guess what? We never heard about all of this until he took the really big contract. You know what I mean? He took the really mm-hmm. big contract and then he, he got all that guaranteed money. And guess what? Then he said, I want out of my contract, started talking stuff about the GM and the organization. And then wait a second, all of a sudden, Rudy, a couple months later, all of this stuff comes out. You know, to me, I, I think the team uh, leaked all that information. You know, I, I think they were sitting on that information, Rudy. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's my theory. I, I can't prove that as pure speculation on my part. Um, but that's, that's a theory that I have that probably holds a lot of water. You won't we'll see what your NFL does, bro, but you you'll never know until they actually do it, you know? Right. Well, we'll see what like something happens between now and then. And then all of a sudden he's not playing anymore again. There's something new comes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll have to see what happens, but I'm, I for one, and I know a lot of football fans out there with me that, you know, they want to see him play again. I mean, you know, he sat out all this year, and I don't want to say yeah. like the whole year has been punishment enough, but it's like he, he sat out a whole year. I, and, and not only that was ex- 
excoriated by the media, you know, I mean, just, so, I I mean, I I don't, I don't know what, what else do you want him? You know, he's going to make some steps in the right direction. And I, to me, you got to let the guy play. I mean, you you have to, Uh, you, you can't take it away from him, you know, because it's like, what's, you know, what would Deshaun Watson, like, with that talent, I mean, you mean to tell me that you're going to take that talent away from just everyone on planet? I mean, it, it it's such an injustice, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he loves football so much. So, um, I mean, it's happened before. Like, I mean, with Ray with Rice, Ray man, Rice, I, yeah. I, I, I thought the Ray Rice situation was a little. Um, I understand punishment, but to like, oh, yeah, never let him play again, you know? No, I, 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 I thought the Ray Rice incident, I talked to Calvin about that. I, I thought that was. I thought it was unfair. I mean, I yeah, legitimately believe. Not, not, not saying what he did was okay yeah, at all. Yeah, but. He should get punished, like, sternly, too. Like, get a bad punishment. But but the, guy, never does, again, the, guy, the okay. guy deserves to make a living. You know, he Ray Rice was mm-hmm. an incredible player. You can't just, like, banish him to the end of the earth. Man. You know, like, you're yeah. Ray Rice. Like, you're, you're canceled. Been, oh, man, if he would have never. And if nothing would ever happen to him with that situation, he would have just kept playing. He would have had a crazy career. He might have. He might have been. He might have been a Hall of Famer, Rudy. I don't know. He he might have been maybe a borderline Hall. He was really really good, man. Ray Rice was yeah. special. I remember playing him in college. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, they, God, they Greg Schiano. Uh, Greg Schiano. <laughs> Greg Schiano's playbook was: we're giving Ray Rice the ball, we're giving Tequan Underwood the ball, and we're giving uh, who's the other guy they had? They had another receiver, Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. That was, those were their go-to's, and I mean, they yeah. were. They were fun to they watch. They had a good tight end when we played, too. I can't remember. I just remember Ray Rice, and they had a really good fullback, and they had a really good tight end who, who was like a receiving tight end. Dude, at the time, but that was... They destroyed us. That was <laughs> one of the best Rutgers teams of all time, dude. You know that... Um, I think they've actually pulled in some really good recruiting classes recently under uh, Greg Schiano, actually. He might yeah. he might have them back on the upswing, dude. I I don't know what it is about Shiano and Rutgers that just like <laughs> it it clicks there. Like I, I don't I I, I haven't yeah, really like sure. done a deep dive on it, but Rutgers seems to fit him, you know. Yeah, he was a great running back, though. Yeah. Who were uh, some of your favorite uh, football players of all time to watch, Rudy? Mm. I'd have to say, because I didn't start watching football until I started playing. Like my dad, you know, no one in my family, my dad didn't watch football. So right. I started watching like ninth grade. So it was like 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to like to watch like Marshall Falk, right? Because he was like crazy. He, on that Rams team, he was going crazy. Right. <laughs> the fact, he, they had that turf too, man. I remember playing Madden with them back in the day. They had like the 99 overall team, I think, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Marshall Falk used to be when I, I guess growing up, uh, coming up throughout high school, I would watch them the most. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a 49er fan, so I'll watch like some here and there. But Frank uh, Gore. Yeah, I, I would say more like when I'm, Frank Gore was was crazy though in his earlier years too. I know he played for <laughs> he played 
<laughs> Frank Gore, that guy, it's like he, he doesn't age. I don't. <laughs> that guy tore like his ACL what like oh. two or three times and like yeah, he's still he's just, in college, like, he's just he's like a college. he's like a tank dude. Frank Gore was like one of the most like unbelievable athletes like ever to grace yeah. the NFL. I still remember like this highlight of him and I I can't remember how many yards it was, but he like people ran down the sideline, broke so many tackles, like <laughs> That suck. 49ers can never pull it together, though. Like, they've had some pretty good teams throughout the time, you know? Yeah. But Frank Gore was incredible, man. Yeah. What about uh, college, your favorite college football team? You got a favorite college football team outside of OU to fall? Man, I don't. That's all I follow. <laughs> Bob, the Bob Kitties? Yeah, dude. I was just so grateful, you know, the the opportunity that gave me to play, especially at the term of ACL. Like I'll I'll live on you forever, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um give me some final thoughts on uh playing for Coach Solich, man. Uh uh college oh, college football legend. That guy, dude, like if you think about what he did with because our season we went to the match championship, right? But I'd say the majority of those guys were coach store guys. I mean, if you think about the way he turned that program around, dude, he was he's he's one of the greatest people I've ever met, dude. You know what I mean? He just felt like everything's ran a certain way and he's he was just a great coach. I I was so happy. Coach I mean, I didn't have no problem with Coach Norville, but when Coach Coach Solich came, like, dude, he changed the whole culture, like everything. I remember Coach Nora, like, I think spring work, dude, like, you know, when we came during the summer, no one came to work out. I came down there my first summer, and there's, like, barely anyone there during the summer to work out. There barely, barely anyone would show up to spring, and, but Coach Nora, I mean, Coach Solis came and just changed everything, dude. Like, you know, stuff that in college, it's like, I guess it's supposed to be optional, kind of like certain workout times and certain, um, but um, it was like when he got there, it was like after a point, everyone was like, you that it's optional, but you got to go. <laughs> but yeah, he was, dude, he changed that program. Because um, what, my sophomore year, man, we were like, he took a team that was like three and seven. And then we turned around my senior year, you know, going, winning the Mac East and going to the Mac Championship game. That guy is one, definitely a great coach, dude. Probably one of the best. He had, especially when I told you, he had like the highest coach winning percentage, I think, when he first first got there. Oh yeah, I was I was really surprised. You know, when Nebraska, you know, initially let him go, I was like, all right, that's ridiculous. He never should have been fired in the first place. And, uh, you know, Nebraska really, they, they hadn't been good, like since they let him go, you know, and, um, they, they've really had trouble, you know, trying to find the right coach since they let Solich go. And I, I mean, when we got him, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was so, I was so excited as like football fan. I mean, I, I never could have (laughs) dreamed. I never could have dreamed that he was going to take us to like three Mac championship games. Cause like that, like to me is like incredible. And I mean, like, I know like they didn't win, but you know, 
still like looking back on it, you know, I come to appreciate the runs, you know, how just, just how difficult that is, you know, and like you said, with the mixture of players and everything and, and everything that was, uh, you know, going on, you know, especially Mm -hmm. that one year, um, you know, when you guys were there, the, the turnaround of that season, I, I remember, I was just like this. I remember after we lost, who did we lose to? Uh, we were getting ready to play like Bowling Green, something. And I remember like one of the players, offensive lineman, like what was it? Paul Johnson got suspended, and it was it was there was all kinds of like it was just turmoil within the program. And I was like, this season looks dead in the water. I was like that we're not like I was like this season does not look good. And you guys. The way you guys turned that season around, I mean, to this day, it was yeah. one of the more miraculous things because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it showed the character of that team to just dig in and just turn it around because you can, I've seen teams pack it in mid season and just fold. And for that team to just scratch and claw and fight all the way all yeah. the way to the Mac championship it was it was a fun ride man i mean it was really cool getting to go to ford field i remember i, I rode the bus up that was so much fun oh man the the mac championship game i i knew we were going to have to drive a while so i wanted to like sleep on the bus cuz we rode the bus from you know it's only 3 hours but i still so i stayed up a little later and i like Dude, I swear I set my alarm. Like I swear I set it, dude. But all I know is I wake up to the the um the video guys knocking on my door. Like I had missed the bus, and like, <laughs> I was like, I oh, dude, I had to like leave immediately. And you, um, uh, you remember we wore like those green and white um windbreakers? Kind yeah, of I remember those. I had like the night before, dude. I had my tire got stuck in the in the mud. And I was trying to like move it. I was like, I cannot get it unstuck. And I can't remember who was with me, but they like, I was like, okay, press on the gas and I'm gonna push. And dude, I just got covered in mud. So like, I went to wash it and I forgot to get it from like Taj Henry's house. So I didn't even have that to wear. And like, they're like, come on, we need to go now. And like, dude, I even had, to, I, I, I forgot to grab like a shirt and, a, and something else. And, I had to ride down with the video guys in the bus. I mean, on the in the van or truck. I can't remember if they're driving, but I was I was I was like, dang man, what the heck? I couldn't believe it. Just I don't know. It was funny to me. Yeah. Anyways, Rudy. Um. Yeah. We'll wrap this up. I I wanted to say how much I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, it's crazy how we connected. I I found you on Instagram and just uh. I heard all your stories about, you know, the lines and stuff and just wanted to get you on. So Oh yes, for sure, man. Yeah, it was Thanks, it bro. was nice to dust off the uh equipment and, and get you on here and talk about some good memories, man. And yeah, uh yeah. talk some football. But really appreciate the time, Rudy. And uh yeah. I'll be in touch, my man. Okay, for sure. Thanks, man. All right. See you later, Rudy. All right, man. Bye bye.
You've been listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and tune in.